Hello, you're listening to Artspin on Nation with myself, Christian, this afternoon. And I'm very happy to be joined on the phone today by uh, Judy Horacek, who's here to talk to us about um, her newly published book of cartoons, Random, Random Life Cartoons by Judy Horacek. Thank you so much for joining us today, Judy. Oh, you're welcome. It's nice to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, lo- lovely to have you here. So, yeah, could you just tell us, uh, yeah, just generally about um, sort of how the book came to be, like from initial idea to um, where it's at now? Yeah, sure. It's um, So I've been a cartoonist for a few decades now. This is my ninth cartoon collection. Uh, so I've always been published in newspapers and magazines and for activist causes and, you know, various journals and things. And every few years I gather the cartoons together and put them into a cartoon collection. So this is my ninth, as I said. And this time I thought, well, what the heck, I'm going to self-publish because being a freelancer, as I've always been, my whole career has been very DIY with, you know, making merchandise and cards and trying to find just a way to scratch out a living from doing that, you know, in the absence of having a big paid job in the newspaper. So I thought I'll give this one an experiment and self-publish it. So it's the first publication of the newly formed Horror Check Press and it's cartoons that have been published over the last few years. Most of them have been in the age. So I have a, a small spot twice a week in the age down near the back. A small but perfectly formed spot. <laughs> and so that's what these cartoons are about. And a lot of them are just silly gags. I love puns. I love ridiculousness. I love, you know, making connections where people haven't seen them before. But also I like to do political things about climate change, asylum seekers, feminism. So I sort of sneak those in, sort of sneak in some political content when I can in amongst the other ones. So that, that's what the book is. Hilarious and heartrending and all of the things that cartoons can be. Oh, beautiful. And really, like... That was my short answer. Christian, <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah, so that's how you see it, like sneaking in the political stuff um, in amongst the more like everyday or you know, fun. Or it's funny a, things well, sneaking it in is yeah. probably overstating it because no one's <laughs> ever said you know that I'm not to do that stuff. But cartoons. Yeah. The editorial cartoon, you know, is a very political space. It's about the politics of the day and the politicians of the day. And that's, you know, that's a bigger cartoon and that's towards, related to the news. Whereas my cartoon is next to the, in the age, in the physical newspaper, it appears next to the quiz and near the weather. And so it's a sort of a, a more entertaining kind of space. It's not, you know, it doesn't have to be related to the politics of the time. But I like to use the space not just to make people laugh, but also to make people think and be aware of things that I'm concerned about. But not not so much that every week they're looking, oh, there's horror check banging on about something again. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, to get a sort of nuanced thing happening so that, I, you know, I'm not always being didactic and with a megaphone, and but I'm just sort of saying, this is what we good people believe in, which I'm sure that um, your radio station listeners are on side with this kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And um, how would you say your your sort of political, yeah, like concerns or, or material has um like changed over the years that you've been doing these cartoons or cartoons in general? Yeah, I don't know that it's actually changed all that much. I started off. I became interested in doing cartoons. I've been a writer, mainly a poet, and I also always drew pictures. And then I put them together and did my first cartoon and went, oh, I want to be a cartoonist. And that was at the time when I was in the later stages of university and discovering sort of different theoretical models for looking at knowledge, such as feminism and Marxism and things. And I suddenly realized that, you know, feminism was something I was very interested in. So I had a sort of subject matter at the same time. And I think I still am very much feel the same way about that but I am aware that you know I'm older now so that I'm not you know the angry young feminist and I have different issues you know I don't people don't call out to me in the street 
as they used to. So that, that's not my issue. Now my issue is you know becoming more invisibility. So I don't want you know I don't want to be wagging my finger at the people who are sort of now changing feminism and developing feminism and bringing it on, if that makes sense. So in that way, feminism's changed. My concern about the environment hasn't changed. You know, it's just got worse as we've, you know, missed warning signs, not done anything about all the things that we should have done stuff about, getting ourselves into a worse and worse pickle and, you know, possibly passing the point of no return. So that worries me. And a lot of my cartoons, even from when I first did cartoons, you know, years and years ago, are still current, and that depresses me. And, you know, I'm kind of... Half of me goes, oh, wow, I'm, you know, I'm so cool. I can do something 20 years ago and it's still as fresh as it was. But on the other hand, they go, why haven't we fixed that? You know, I wish this cartoon looked archaic. It looked like people looked at it and go, what? I can't even believe people thought that once upon a time. So, you know, those kind of things remain remain the same. And social justice issues are the same. You know, the gap between rich and poor has expanded in that time rather than decreased the sort of absurdity of the CEO's salaries versus what people on a pension are supposed to live on has just become more and more pronounced so you know and I'm angrier about that but I'm also I feel more powerless in a way you know back when I started doing cartoons I felt like it was you know that people would just look at my cartoons and go well that's common sense absolutely what were we thinking you know let's just make this right and in fact it's a lot more complicated than that Sadly. I was going to change the world and I haven't quite managed it, I think is the summary of what I just said. <laughs> uh, well, well, yeah, I suppose it's, if it's not as simple as that, just sort of like holding that mirror up to people and for them to just look into the mirror once and realise how silly they're being and what needs to change. Do you think you've come any closer to I don't know, like maybe discovering a little bit of what the solution might be from your perspective? Possibly. I think, um, you know, you get the phrase preaching to the converted, and I think in some ways my cartoons do you that. But in another way, you know, we all need to know there are people who think like us, that we're not these sort of isolated people who are sort of going, oh, I'm worried about this, but everyone else seems fine, so, you know, let's just carry on. So in that way, I think the cartoons have been important. But also, because I have to make a living, you know, I don't get to just do whatever political thing that I, I want to do. I do, you know, need to fit into a structure that is a newspaper that doesn't exist just purely to bleat about what Judy Horacek thinks about X, Y and Z. And, you know, and people need to laugh and, and see silly things and, and see themselves reflected. You know, I do a lot of cartoons about social media now. I do seem to do a lot of cartoons about all the cooking shows and our obsession with cooking and, and all of those things that are about who we are. And I think that that kind of stuff is important too, that we, we do have some kind of product, you know, cultural product product or art, I don't know if I'd call cartoons art necessarily, but, you know, something that is about us and about us as Australians or about us as people and, you know, that that work is out in the world as well. Hmm. I don't know. We've, we've let you on to Arts Bit and the Arts and Culture Show, so I, I definitely say that cartoons are art, at least by our standards. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, arts and culture, I mean, they'd have to fit somewhere within those two, you know, that, but yeah. I don't think they're art in the sense that, you know, they're this transcendental thing that you're going to stand in front of and, and, you know, you can keep looking into a cartoon and seeing something new all the time. And I don't think they're art in that way, but in another way, you know, because of how you're thinking when you're doing it, what you're trying to do, that you are trying to distill an idea or a thought or an emotion, then yes. You know, definitely there are. Yeah. Just to finish up as well, I've um, noticed, of course, that you've, you've also done quite a few um, children's books in your career as well. So um, I'm, I'm curious if there's anything that you've 
learnt from uh, like writing and illustrating for children that you know you, you could apply to sort of your more adult work and, and vice versa. Anything you've learnt from writing and illustrating for adults that has gone into some of your um, your children's works. I think that um, so I've done a number of books. The first one I did was with Mem Fox, and I've done four more with her. And the first one we did was called Where Is the Green Ship, which has been phenomenally popular, and that's um, probably the only financially successful thing I've done in my entire career. And you know, thank God for that. But and I've done five on my own, and what. It's funny to me is there are a lot of similarities between children's books and cartoons, at least the way I do both of them. And one is that the picture has to be very simple. You know, you pair the picture back in both of them to its essentials and it has to be simple and recognisable and well-designed so that people's eyes go to things in the order that you want them to go in so that they're getting the meaning of the picture. And my style is very similar in both of them. So the people still have the pointy noses and the tiny eyes and lots of animals, lots of colour in the children's books. And now I started off as a black and white artist because that's the way things were published. But now, you know, the cartoons are in colour, so I try to make them colourful. They are different in that uh, it seems to me that a children's book is more like a puzzle. So it's more like a Sudoku or a Rubik's Cube or something, and you're trying to get the pieces into place and make everything work as a whole. And that's a puzzle, whereas the cartoons are more an intellectual thing, so I'm using more of my brain because I'm, I'm trying to use a more difficult concept you know in kids books you say if we were all nicer to each other we'd have a better world and that's that is a political message but that's the sort of extent of it whereas in my cartoons I'm you know much more specific about things um, and issues and stuff so they do now both feed into each other because I'm working on them both alternately and um, learning things from both that go into the other I think that cartooning has been a great training for picture books Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it would work the other way around I'm not sure if I don't think picture books would be a great training for cartooning <laughs> but I, you know, I'm not sure. I know a number of cartoonists who now do picture books. I don't really know any picture book people who now do cartoons, which doesn't mean it's impossible. Mm. Why do you think that might be? I think because the people who primarily do picture books, they love the art side of it, the drawing and the pictures. This is the people illustrating it, and then they love writing the stories. In a cartoon, the story has to be much more succinct. So in a cartoon, you pick up drawing skills almost as a byproduct so that you can then apply them to something else. But to do a cartoon, at least the way I do them, you know, I start with a thought. I start with something I want to do a cartoon about and then I have, you know, I've learned ways to make that into a cartoon, you know, to pair it back, to encapsulate it, to get it in there. So that's been my training. And whereas a picture book person's training would be about doing something in 32 pages and that's quite a different form. But everybody's so different and we all do things so differently that I'm just, speaking very much just from my own experience and what I do and I'm speaking from somebody who's I'm a word person rather than a picture person so in lots of ways when I my favorite bit of doing the picture book is doing the mock-up and then when I come to have to do the final art I'm like oh no do I have to (laughs) whereas I'm aware that most of my peers that's their favorite bit going oh finally we're up to the doing the pictures and just spending ages you know making each page beautiful (laughs) yeah it's kind of kind of different experience so yeah definitely thank you so much for talking to us today Judy um, yeah, were there any last things you wanted to say about um, about Random Life or about um, yeah anything else you've mentioned today? No, I would think um, Random Life is, I'm really pleased with it as a self-published book. It doesn't look like a self-published book, so I want to say that. You know, I've done it all very, very properly, and I crowdfunded it in the beginning, so thanks to everyone. If there's people out there listening who supported me, thank you for that. Um, it's got a beautiful foreword by the late John Clark, which is... And he died shortly after writing the forward, so it's this very bittersweet thing for me to look at the book, and it's also, you know, you call the book Random Life, and there's proof of the randomness that suddenly a healthy man died, and he was a great 
great influence on me on, you know, on what you can do with comedy and sort of responsibility of comedy and things. So I just wanted to, you know, to acknowledge that and acknowledge his contribution to the book and other people who contributed. And um, it's got over 230 cartoons in it, so it is my fattest book mm-hmm. that I have ever done. So it's this little chunky little thing. So, you know, I sort of go, wow, that's mine. I made it. So I'm pleased to have done that. I think, I think that's all. Well, there's millions of things I could say, Christian, but you probably have other guests that you have to have on, you know, much as that. That hurts me to have to admit that, but I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but oh, congratulations on the book, and um, thank you so much for chatting to us today. It was a real pleasure. Oh, you're welcome.